0: This is Pet Life Radio. Let's Talk Pets.
1: And good morning good afternoon. In this case, definitely afternoon. We'll tell you why in a minute. But wherever you happen to be, you are here live with Dr. Jeff Werber. Your host for the next 30 minutes here on Pet Life Radio, Ask the Vets with Dr. Jeff. We're here for you. We're here for your pets. Talk about anything you want to talk about and um, hope you're having a wonderful Sunday to start things off. Today, as I mentioned, a couple of weeks ago, we have a, a special guest who I kind of met remotely. You know, it's one of those things where when you're in the pet world and you leave some kind of mark, maybe a stain, it's a small enough world that we um, have an opportunity to meet and speak. I see that we, um, just lost an hour back. So my guest, first of all, let's uh, tell you how to get a hold of us. Uh, very easy. We'd love to hear from you. And there are a couple of ways to do it. Number one, 877-385-8882. Once again, 877-385-8882. Or better yet, join us here live on Zoom. You go on, on live to petliferadio.com. Click on the shows. You'll scroll down to ask the vets with Dr. Jeff and you click on that and there will be a link for you to join us on Zoom. Great way we can talk to you live. As I say almost every week. This is the one of the futures of veterinary medicine. Get used to it. Talking to your vet, talking to the health professional virtually online with your pet on your lap, or if it's a big dog next to you on the couch, though they should be on the couch, but sure we let them on the couch anyway. And um, then that's how you're going to talk to your veterinarian. So so my guest today is we met I was actually a guest on his podcast, Sean Wilkie, and you know someone that we're going to find out, we're going to ask him, you know, the connection. How is it? Because I'm always amazed. For me, as you know, becoming a veterinarian was a calling. I, I want to do this ever since I was a little kid. That I love meeting people that are not, you know, that are in this pet world, in the vet world, and, you know, what are their stories? How did they get involved? When did their love affair with, with animals and pets start? So anyway, Sean Wilkie, Sean is way in the northern, northern, eastern part of Canada. He's from Nova Scotia. He's in a little island now, and he's going to tell me what about it. It's like a, a little vacation island, and um, uh, definitely a pet lover. I enjoyed myself on his podcast, and he's our guest today. So, Sean, welcome to Pet Life Radio's Ask the Vets, and tell us where you are in northern, northern, eastern Canada.
0: Yeah, great, Jeff. It's super happy. To, I'm super happy to be here. I'm in a little tiny uh, community called Marbury. For anybody that likes salmon fishing, it's got some of the best salmon fishing in the world, And it also has some of the worst internet in the world so i apologize (laughs) i just cut off just before we started and yeah how did i get into the pet space uh really interesting story you know i think life is kind of like this a friend of mine described life as living in a glass building and every opportunity that you ever could imagine walks by your glass office And I think that that, you know, and you have to just look up uh, for opportunities from time to time. So this opportunity came to me, I was building speech recognition software and working with speech for human medical doctors. And I ended up meeting a veterinarian from Houston, Texas, a guy named Brian Poteet uh, that had developed a vocabulary that was specific for medical transcription in the veterinary field and with my software experience and his uh, veterinary experience we started the company and so that was how I got in just just off and you know it was even weirder than that Jeff Here's here's how the story worked. I was going to do some consulting in Costa Rica I get introduced to this vet that lived in Houston a week before I went to Costa Rica And I was stopping in Houston on my way back from Costa Rica to see my university best friend and i'm on the call and i said you know i have this little company in nova scotia we have 20 people working for us and he's like oh i'm in houston we have about 20 people working for me and i was like oh i'm gonna be in houston next week and literally uh flew into houston drank a case of beer with brian in his (laughs) office started a company and that's how i got into the pet space sold my first company back a year and a half ago and then just couldn't stay away from it that's when they started the podcast And then, you know, I just had to start another company in a vet space, in a vet space, and so I started talking to and that's how it happened.
1: One of the things that I'm so busy now also is, you know, like I say, you throw enough you-know-what against the wall, something's bound to stick at some point. And I got so involved with four different projects going on at once, and fortunately, unfortunately, depending on when you look at it, they all stuck. So uh, that's why right now I'm so swamped. But tell me about, well, first of all, tell me about the podcast. How, How did that all start?
0: Yeah, so, so I'm a tech guy, right? I've done, I think I'm on six tech companies now. And, you know, I love technology. And when I sold my first company in the vet space, I said, you know what? There's so much innovation happening in veterinary medicine and no one knows about it. They, they had just started the Innovation Summit at Texas A&M. And after I had some time on my hands, I, I said to my partner in crime, a friend of mine, uh, Dr. Ivan Zach, I said, why don't we start a podcast? And he's like, what's the podcast? And I was like, Ivan, you're 38 years old uh, <laughs> and you don't know what a podcast is. And then he said, you know, you know, let's, let's start a podcast. So we started the podcast thinking, you know, this is a great way to take all of this innovation and put it in front of the people that need it the most.
1: And we, by the way, what I've learned and now is, you know, I'm in my, involved in my own tech company at AirVet. And, um, I'm kind of not so surprised what you're saying about how many of the doctors uh, don't really understand technology, which is you know one of the battles, one of the, the challenges that we have in marketing something to someone who doesn't really appreciate or understand it. How can we expect them in turn to market it to their constituents, or in the case of the veterinarian, to their clients? And so it's really, it's double challenge. And interestingly, when we talk to clients directly... They get it right away. It's the veterinarians that are the challenge. So um, so what are some of the subjects that you cover on your podcast?
0: Oh my God. It's so varied. You know, we go from artificial intelligence to, you know, to new innovative meditation techniques to help people balance the stress and you know the compassion fatigue. And, you know, but we've seen, we've seen so much stuff. Like one of my favorite ones was this vitals monitoring device. That was set up so that they could check the vitals of pets without going into the cages now that doesn't seem like that big of a deal when you're talking about pets but when your pet is 500 pounds and could eat a human for lunch you know a tiger at one of the zoos to be able to measure vitals wirelessly without having to go in the cage, without having to sedate an animal. That was one of the things that kind of blew my mind. I thought that was really cool. And probably one of my other favorites is this company called Signal Pet. And they're using artificial intelligence to yep. uh, to examine radiographs and kind of do triage work with radiographs. And that, that's happening in human medicine. But to see it happening in veterinary medicine, especially when you have those vets that might be on that they might be on Cape Breton Island. They might be the only vet up at night, and if they can use an AI to kind of give them a second opinion, I mean, this type of technology is changing the frigging world.
1: Oh no, absolutely! And you know, I'm familiar with Signal Pet. It is rather amazing. And you know, the, the device you're talking about also is amazing because what it's doing for even small animals is, if we have an animal that, and there are a number of ways to do it. You know, some of these devices are somewhat costly. I don't think people need it just for, just to have it. However. For a veterinarian to have them, say, like a dozen of them in their practice, and then when they are going to send home an animal who is convalescing and they don't need them at the hospital anymore, but you still want it to monitor them, to be able to put this device on them and see what the heart rate is, their respiration rate, their temperature, et cetera, and the vet can just go online and do it remotely. And, again, not even at – you know how often you know, on telemedicine, I'll ask a client to take a pet's temperature. How do I do that? They don't even know how to take a temperature. I said, this is old fashioned. Go out, get yourself a rectal thermometer, set it aside. Don't mistake it for yours and stick it in your mouth one time and keep it just for your pet. Label it for Bowser. And uh, and you got to know. And, and the average temperature for a dog, and I tell them, you know, it's 100.5, to 102.5, 103 you know, on the borderline on a hot day. Don't worry about it. But to be able to do that and monitor all these things, monitor activity remotely remotely, it's very important information for a doctor who is monitoring a patient. And it, yes, it can be done remotely. And so I think that we're advancing slowly, but we're advancing quite a bit in those arenas. So when I was on the, your podcast, you showed me a sample of the talk And uh, let's talk about that because that is really amazing. And, and for any veterinarians out there listening or any of you out there, you might want to talk to your veterinarians. Because you know one of the limiting factors for us to do what we do is time in almost anything we do and to be able we you know now everything is electronic medical records and well at least semi and to be able to write up a synopsis of a case, to be able to just talk in this like I'm talking to you now and it happens so seamlessly I found amazing and your veterinarians will too. So Sean, I want to talk about talkatu tell us what it does, why it's so unique. Yeah,
0: for sure. So the idea behind Talkatoo is quite simple. You know, machine learning, artificial intelligence, all of these things have grown a lot in the years that have passed between now and 10 years ago when voice recognitions first came out. And so what we set out to do with Talk you is build a very simple piece of software. Our software is so simple, it literally has one button. So it has a start dictation button. You click that button, put the cursor in any software. So whether it's your practice management software or an email, and then just start talking and everywhere's on any computer. So whether it's windows or Mac, you can hit that button and not have to type. And so Jeff, you're, you're familiar with the, I guess that just the mundane drudgery of medical records that exist in veterinary medicine. It's just, it's probably veterinarians least favorite piece of the job is doing their medical records. And so we knew that and we wanted to solve that or at least help with it. And that's why we've created our software. Simple to use. It literally has one button. You don't have to go back to school to learn how to use it. And you can type in any field on any computer and it recognizes the veterinary and medical terms, unlike Siri or Google Voice. It knows what you're speaking about and will allow you to put that medical record into that practice management tool or into a referral letter in probably a third of the time that it would take to type it. And if you're a slow typist, it'll do it in like 10% 10 of what it would have taken you to two-finger type an email.
1: I'm sometimes too fast where my fingers go before I tell them where to go, and uh, that's disaster because I read back what I thought I just typed. I said, wait a second. I did- <laughs> what is that word? So uh, no, I, 100% no. Now, and for entities, for companies, if they wanted to put it into their software instead of, say, Google Voice, is that something that's easy to be done?
0: Yeah, so we haven't gone that route yet. So we don't have an API for other companies. What we're very focused on right now is the the veterinarian hospital or the veterinarian chain of hospitals that has have doctors that are just not able to get their medical records done. But we will eventually create an API so other companies like Airvet, like your company, could leverage our technology to increase the accuracy of the dictation.
1: Right. Yeah that that would be uh, that would be amazing. And so let's talk about real quick before we go on a break. Um, Your pets, what do you have?
0: I've got a four and a half pound Chihuahua named Shiloh. She's uh, 14 years old and uh, is a cranky old lady, but
1: she's a lovely dog to her family. And so, you know, it's interesting. We used to joke and call Chihuahuas, and some of us still do, land sharks because they are quick. They still have a bite. They got those sharp teeth and... (laughs) Yeah, I think there are more bites registered by Chihuahuas than pit bulls. Unfortunately, they don't make the news because they don't—they're not as damaging. But uh, you know, they're amazing. But none of us like to work with Chihuahuas. And there's a, a type of sedation or control that we veterinarians talk about. To when we have a difficult animal to work with, we call it brutothane. And you know, because all the anesthetics have an A and E at the end: isoflurane, sevoflurane, metaphane, right? So we used to call it Brutathane. We didn't even using brute force. And you can't use brute force on a four-pound dog. So (laughs) there's just a crack in your hands. So um, we would say, you know what, give me that tough pit bull or Rottweiler over a little chihuahua anytime. But um, now, interestingly, I have seen a change. It's almost as if, it it happened seemingly overnight, that all of a sudden, all these chihuahuas started to come to my office, and they were sweet as can be. And it's like all the chihuahua breeders and, and, and chihuahua enthusiasts got together when I said, hey. We got to stop We got to stop this or we're, we're going to lose our breed because they have this reputation. And um, so uh, now I'd say 80% of them are so cute, so adorable, um, like they read the Golden Retriever book by mistake, and you still got about 20% that, that are the land sharks. So it's gotten better. Anyway, don't go away. We're going to be back after these short messages. When I come back, Sean, I want to talk about as a technology person, as someone who is intimately involved in our profession in pets, where do we see the pet world and the vet world going over the next say 10 to 20 years. So uh, think about it while we have our break. And we'll be back in just a few minutes. Don't go away. We're back with Sean Wilkie in a few minutes.
0: Bear the Rescue Dog had very flaky skin, dropping a lot of fur, and Lavette wanted to do steroid injections. I was at a dead end.
1: D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E dot oh. com
0: probably 6 weeks after we started using Dynavite no more flaky skin he doesn't scratch and itch it was awesome
1: you get some Dynavite
0: how happy your dog will be every rescue dog in America deserves Dynavite for 90 days com. let's talk pets
1: let's talk pets on pet life radio pet life radio petlife radio.com pet <laughs> And welcome back. You're here live with Dr. Jeff here and Sean Wilker, a special guest from Talkatoo. And um, Sean, if you've been um, listening to our uh, our presentation here, um, well, I'm um, uh, very entrenched in the tech world and especially it relates to veterinary medicine. And um, as um, I'm working with AirVet and learning more and more about this tech world, I hear from many people that the the pet industry Um, has been growing by leaps and bounds, and some say this industry is basically positioning itself to be probably number two to the human healthcare industry as far as dollars spent, where the technology is going, and how important it's becoming to everybody. So, Sean, where do you see our industry, the vet and the pet industry, going and where do you see the, the biggest advancements being made?
0: Yeah, so I think that's a really interesting question. And, and I think, you know, for, for all those pet owners and your listeners, I think the one thing that we need to realize is the veterinary profession, anybody that's in a practice that they own themselves, they're not just a veterinarian. They're a veterinarian, they're director of HR, they're a business person, they're oftentimes an accountant, a hiring lead, they've got all of these other hats. And so I really think that technology is going to help remove some of those hats we're going to see some workloads removed off of them and we're going to see other workloads. Signal pet's a great example where you have this artificial intelligence that's able to help the pet by helping the veterinarian provided a second opinion. So I think you're going to see a lot of these low level tasks replaced with technology. Talkative is a great example. You know, our software, all it does it's a quite a difficult thing is it types text for veterinarians so instead of them having to take a half an hour or 45 minutes to do a medical record they can lean on a piece of technology and so what i believe technology is going to do in the pet and vet world is it's going to take some of those lower level tasks it's going to help automate things we're going to start to see predictive medicine i think Jeff that's probably the most exciting thing for me is we're going to take these large data sets and we're going to use artificial intelligence to start predicting patterns. So you'll be able to, in the future, go in, the veterinarian will take a sample of your pet's DNA or your pet's blood, and they will be able to start to predictively diagnose things that haven't even started to show that they're going to happen yet. And I think that that, for me, is the most exciting thing in the technology world when it comes to veterinary medicine, is predictive artificial intelligence Driven diagnostic, but not to the point where we're going to just let the AI decide everything. It's going to say, here's some things to look at. Here's some things that we think are interesting. And here's some data to back up these assumptions. And I think that that really is going to help Hmm. our
1: pets. Where do you (laughs) think? You know, it's interesting. I also want to know what you think about. You mentioned um, veterinarians in practice. And now that you see this tremendous amount of consolidation going on in the industry. And, you know, I think to some degree, some detriment, um, you know, having been there, done that, where the individuality of a veterinarian's relationship with his patient and client seems to be lost when, you know, in these big corporate hospitals, where they're trying to make the hospital they acquire into their style, instead of allowing the success that this hospital was built on to remain in the style that it was built in. What do you think of that? And do you see possibly at some point a pendulum swinging back into favor the more of a small animal individual practice?
0: Yeah, that's a really interesting question as well. And I don't think that pendulum is going to swing back in the opposite direction. I think if we look at markets like the UK and Europe, where consolidation happened probably 15 years ago, it hasn't swung back. And so I think The reason for that is because of scale, you know, just the scale of, you know, these large hospital chains and the problems that they're able to solve. You know, ultimately, the reason we want to go to the veterinarian is because we care about our animals. You know, we're not looking, we're not necessarily looking to go to the veterinarian to build a relationship. And, and I, listen, I'm a relationship guy. I, I love the relationships that I've created in the vet space, but ultimately what drives this industry is the health of our pets. And so if, because of these economies of scale and just this ability to be able to do things for less money and provide a, a different quality of care, I, I don't think you'll see it go backwards. I think it's here to stay.
1: And to me, you know, again, as a good old fashioned practitioner, I see that. You know, it's interesting when if you ask a parent, who's your pediatrician, I will be at you on the tip of their tongue. Now what I'm finding out when I take calls on AirVet is that even if it's a call coming from an AirVet hospital and I'll say, so who's your primary? Oh, you know, I don't know. I I just go to whoever's there. And I think that, you know, again, it's a shame. Because if you ask one of my clients, who's your vet? Oh, it's like, there's no doubt about it. And um, and to me, as a practitioner, for example, I didn't become a surgeon, which I was actually thinking about, but I decided to go into GP was because I value and love the relationship that I do have, that I have developed with my clients and they with me. And not only the the clients, the pets. I mean, 90%, 80% of the pets that come to my practice love to come in. Whereas I've, I've seen people tell me, oh my God, my dog hates the vet. So I think that, that if you don't have a chance to develop that relationship, that rapport, then it's a, a negative also. And then you mentioned the, the, the dollars and cents. Some of these corporate uh, hospitals are because of the economies of scale, but they have to make money to buy all these practices. I find their prices are even higher than a lot of the individual practices.
0: Yeah. And I don't think you're wrong there, Jeff. But I think when you look at what we're going to be able to do with technology like let's take artificial intelligence for an example, you know, a lot of the conversations that I've had around artificial intelligence are with people that are part of the VCA, Mars, Banfield, Blue Pearl group, largest veterinary medicine company in the world. They have all of this data about all of these conditions that they're able to write software and look into those. It's almost like having a crystal ball. And so when you look at the consolidation of the the veterinary world the data is the valuable piece and once you have the data you can solve problems that you didn't even know that there was a solution for and that's why i don't think it's going to slow down or change i think it's going to continue at the same rate that it's continuing today because those groups are going to have unfair advantage because they're leveraging technology
1: so what do you think about the young veterinary hopeful uh, today who is, you know, I died, you know, 50 years ago, 60 years ago, wanted to be a veterinarian and, you know, took a path that has been the best thing I've ever done and extremely successful. What is the store in the future as far as being a practice owner and, and actually making a really, really good living doing what they love to do?
0: Yeah. I mean, if I'm being honest, I would probably not be evaluating veterinary medicine for that career path today. And and there's there's a bunch of reasons why. You have to look at the consumers, right? You have to look at who makes up the biggest segment of pet ownership or pet parents today. It's the millennials. And do they care about the relationship that they have with their veterinarian? Yes, probably a little bit, but way less than a couple of generations ago. They want to be able to open an app, get a solution and move on with their life.
1: I see that. I agree. You know, and it's it, and that to me, I think it's a shame. But you're right. The, the millennials are right now the largest segment of the pet parenting population, the fastest growing, and interestingly, the most spending. And um, they, you know, they find our app. They don't even have a veterinarian. Many of them, I say, so how'd you hear about us, and they'll go, oh, we just went online, and you're, you guys come up like number one. And um, and you know, it's it's interesting. That, you know, to me, you know, look, they use it and that's from, from an air vet perspective or for any of this AI stuff, you're right. It is the way to go. And I'm thrilled about that. But I mean, it, it disturbs me to know, you know, one of my very, a friend of mine who is one of the well, most well-known veterinarians in the country, certainly as far from the veterinary world, you know, consumers may not know him. The textbook of veterinary internal medicine was, was literally edited by him, still is. And um, we were talking at a conference uh, a couple of years ago and his son was at Cornell. And I said, Oh, and that's where Steve went, that uh, Steve Ettinger went to uh, vet school at Cornell. So I said, Oh, is he a uh, pre vet? He goes, and he looks at me like with the state, he goes, Oh no. I go, and the way he said it, I said, I said, wait, you wouldn't want your son, I mean, look at you, you are you are probably the most well known res- and respected and certainly done very well for himself, veterinarians in the United States. And you wouldn't want your son to follow your footsteps? He goes, Not in a million years. So uh I think he agrees with you that he saw the writing on the wall that this uh you know the the veterinary practice the veterinarian as we knew it then the old james harriet philosophy i think may be uh, on the way out it's a shame
0: yeah and i think i think dr jeff i mean everything's changing right like everything in all elements is changing in every area And, you know, technology drives a lot of this stuff, but I don't think we can blame technology. We have to blame consumer trends. We have to blame the people that have the money. You know, they are deciding what they want. And we either change and adopt to serve the market or we're left waking up one day wondering where our business went and realizing it went to somebody down the street that's giving consumers what they want right absolutely
1: nowadays you're you're 100% and i think that the only way to make it if you were to want to do so is to make sure you stay as a you know one of my uh, colleagues is uh, a friend of mine who is in the better space he's not a veterinarian but he's uh, started a group of hospitals all about technology and uh and i think that's what's going to happen it's less personable it's more technical and like you said it's it's giving the consumer the millennial, what they want, they want it now. They don't care as much about the relationship. They want efficiency. They want speed. And, uh, you know, and that's what drives them. So uh, they're going to the restaurant. They're get, getting, you know, the Postmates to deliver it. And uh, they don't really care about knowing the maitre d' and and knowing the chef. And it's like, you know, give it to me. This is what I want. I want it now. And so be it. I'm done. Thank you very much. So um, I see your point.
0: Yeah, Jeff, I think one of the most interesting things that you said on this show so far is that people when they show up to use air they say well you were number one in the app store you know that used to be done from person to person you know relationship to relationship and now it's done blindly based upon the number of stars an app has and that's such a part of the world that the veterinarians live in nowadays if if you have a three-star review for your veterinary hospital and you're not doing something about it that's a very dangerous thing considering that all of the new customers that are going to replace the old customers have decided not to buy from you because maybe one bad experience happened in your hospital
1: right it's very true. So anyway, we can go on. And uh, I think we're gonna have to have you come on back because this is a uh, for me, I find it very interesting. But uh, that's all we have time for today. Sean, I want to thank you so much. Um, we'd love to work with you again. And we're going to talk about talk to because I love that idea. As I said, someone who needs who needs that kind of help. I think it's a it's a great feature. Um, where can people uh, hear your podcast?
0: Yeah, so go to the veterinaryinnovation.com and subscribe wherever you like podcasts. If you like technology and you're in the vet space,
1: you're going to love it. veterinaryinnovation.com. Veterinaryinnovationpodcast.com. Veterinaryinnovationpodcast.com. All right, everybody, you hear that? Anyway, thanks for joining me, Sean. Thanks for joining me as well. Uh, we will be here next week, same time, same channel here on Pet Life Radio's Ask the Best with Dr. Jeff. Uh, you can um, you know, go on, find me on Instagram. Would love to uh, have you uh, follow me. At Doctor Jeff Werber. If nothing else, you're going to see a lot of really, really cute pictures and cute little tidbits, and uh, you'll, you'll listen in for my AMAs as well. And uh, if you would like uh, any questions answered, especially if you'd like them live on AMA, uh, you can go ahead and send them to me here at Pet Life Radio. That's Doctor Jeff at PetLifeRadio.com. And now um, that's it, All we have time for. So we will see you here next week sean once again thank you veterinary innovation podcast.com and for any of you professionals out there especially in the medical space veterinary or human talk it to uh go check that out as well you will love it all right and mark thank you very much and we'll see you guys all here next week let's talk pets every week on demand only on petliferadio.com.